Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Hey, well, good morning, everyone. Uh, I hope you all are having a great week so far. Um, we are heading into a jam-packed weekend um, that we are looking forward to. There's a lot going on coming up. Um, we have uh, Easter egg drop happening on Saturday as of right now still, and um, we're we're really looking forward to that. We're making preparations and just getting everything in order uh, for that. So we can't wait to just welcome all the families, welcome all the kids, uh, welcome them all to just come in and enjoy, uh, have a great time. And uh, and then right around that corner on Saturday, we jump right into Sunday uh, and we're having our friends and family weekend with uh, jam-packed with uh, baptisms as well, which is such a celebratory time uh, here at church. So we're excited for that. You know, like baptisms is one of uh, the things that I just jump for joy about. I, I just truly believe in what baptism is. Uh, and it's just a great way to proclaim Jesus as our Lord uh, in such a public and beautiful way. And so um, you don't want to miss those. Uh, we're, so we're super excited about all of that. But today we are jumping into um, some critical stories for us to look at into and get a little deeper dive as to what um, these are really trying to say to us. Uh, and so we are in John chapter 13. And we're going to be starting in verses 18 uh, all the way to 38, okay? And we're going to be jumping around a little bit all over the Bible. Um, we're going to get into 2 Samuel. We're going to talk in Psalms. We're going to uh, jump around a little bit uh, to see all that God has uh, in store for us today um, with what we have. All right, so let's pray and let's see uh, what God has in store uh, out of his word this morning. Uh, Lord, we just love you and we thank you. We come to you right now with open hearts and minds, Lord, as we dive into these stories in your word here in John 13, we just, we pray that ultimately you just speak to us, speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, speak truth to us, um, reveal uh, who we are, but ultimately always uh, revealing how much you love us, Lord, how much that these stories are ultimately there, not um, to bring us down, but to ultimately show us how much you just love us, how much you want us to have a deeper relationship with you, how much you just crave intimacy with each of us individually, Lord. Um, Lord, we just thank you. We love you. I uh, surrender myself as I normally do to you. Lord, uh, teach me this morning as well as everyone else on this call and everyone that's listening later on. Lord, teach us all uh, so they grow closer to you day by day. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen and amen. All right, let's go. Get that uh, sip of coffee, get that stretch as we jump in. Uh, I'm reading out of the uh, NLT, as I have been recently. Um, so starting in verse 18. All right, and so we're going to, this is this is uh, Judas's betrayal 
um, identification, right? He hasn't done the deed yet, but this is Jesus uh, identifying that. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to get into also Jesus identifying Peter's denial. And we'll kind of look into both of those uh, today, the story. So verse 18, I am not saying these things to all of you. I know the ones I have chosen. But this fulfills the scripture that says, the one who eats my food has turned against me. I tell you this beforehand, so that when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah. I tell you the truth. Anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me. And anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the father who sent me. Now, Jesus was deeply troubled and he exclaimed, I tell you the truth. One of you will betray me. The disciples looked at each other, wondering whom he could mean. The disciple Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table. Simon uh, Peter mentioned to him, Who's he talking about? So that disciple leaned over to Jesus and asked, Lord, who is it? Jesus responded, it is the one to whom I give the bread I dip in the bowl. And then he had dipped it and he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. <clears throat> when Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus told him, hurry and do what you're going to do. None of the others at the table knew what Jesus meant. Uh, since Judas was their treasurer, some thought Jesus was telling him to go and pay for the food um, or to give some money to the poor. So Judas, Judas left uh, at once, going out into the night. Verse 31, as soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory, and God will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the Son, he will give his own glory to the Son, and he will do uh, so at once. Dear, dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will mm, search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. So now I'm, <clears throat> now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why can't I come with you now, Lord? He asked, I'm ready to die for you. Jesus answered, die for me. I tell you the truth, Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. The word of the Lord. All right. We got two interesting stories. And this is uh, Jesus proclaiming what these stories are before they even happen. Uh, of course, um, which even shows more so of Jesus' divinity of knowing um, future events. Uh, but the other part of this is we see that two betrayals basically are being predicted. We see the betrayal of Judas, and we all know the story that Judas absolutely does, uh, sells uh, basically Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, and then later hangs himself because of the guilt over it all. We also see that, yes, he, he says, um, 
you know, Peter's that guy. Peter's that guy, right? <laughs> and he's the dude that when Jesus is um, talking with Moses and Elijah on the hill um, and displaying his glory to uh, Peter, James, and John, like we see that Peter's that dude that just says something because he doesn't know what to say. Most people that just, if they don't know what to say, they just don't say anything and they'd be quiet. But this guy has to open his mouth and says something kind of outlandish, you know, and here he is like, I'm ready to die for you, Lord. Like he's just always explaining. And uh, Peter, even, even in this chapter before this little story beforehand, the first 12, um, or excuse me, the first 17 verses uh, talk about uh, they're doing the Passover celebration, and but Jesus is washing their feet, and Peter is saying, uh, "Lord, why don't you just wash all of me?" You know, if you know, at first he's saying, "You're not going to wash my feet; I'll wash your feet." And Jesus is like, "Peter, hold on. You need to get the spiritual understanding of what I'm doing." And then he goes, "Okay, well, if you're going to wash my feet, why don't you wash all of me? I want to be fully cleansed." And he's like, you still don't get it, right? You are clean. But your feet that have worked, your feet that have done the ministry, your feet that have uh, gone through the muck and the mire, as you do the ministry, as your body is clean, your feet trample through the muck and the mire in life. I need to wash just your feet because the rest of you is clean. The rest of you is good. But the one part, your feet, is where you have to, you know, and this is walking through the streets and everything. And then here's Peter again saying, Lord, I'm ready to die for you. And he's like, die for me, homie. You're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. Like, there's a part of, you know, and here's the thing. Look at the, also the further story of both of these men. Judas hangs himself, but Peter goes on to be the rock that the church is founded on. As he says, Peter, you're going to be the rock that in which I'll build my church. And both of these guys deny Jesus. Both of these guys betray Jesus in a way. And, and there's almost a point that if you think about it, spiritually, these two <laughs> could have been... <laughs> These two betrayals right here could have been almost more hurtful, painful, and difficult to deal with than even all of what Jesus physically endured on the cross. And these kind of things struck so deep into, uh, you know, how Jesus is looking at things and just like, oh my gosh, you're going to betray me like this. We see that this is an attribute of God, even uh, all the way back to Moses and how uh, God is just doing miracles after miracles, uh, splitting the Red Sea, um, turning bitter water into fresh water for them, uh, providing manna every day miraculously, doing so much for them. And yet people continue to harp and bitterly complain to God all the time. And that's where God was so mad. Why do you come against me when I do so much good for you? We see that this parallel actually for Judas, um, uh, 
uh, Ahofafil, who knows of that? Who knows of this guy? Um, uh, Hifafil, uh, he comes out of uh, in Second Samuel. Now he was originally David, King David's uh, primary advisor for a long time. He was a huge, huge advisor in that even the word of the Lord says that sometimes his words would come out as if they were directly from God himself, that his uh, his advising words sounded like. But Hophophil betrays King David and goes and advises Absalom. And this is where, uh, out of Psalm 41, 9, that he, he's saying that, uh, and in a different translation, it says he raises his heel against him. And basically to say that he's he's kicking him in the face is how that is coming across. And that's how why Jesus is using that and re-saying that out of Psalm 41, 9, is saying that he's basically, he's kicking him in the face. And his heel is raised against him. And Ahophophil, by betraying King David, I want to read out of 2 Samuel here, um, chapter 17. Now, think of in the garden when the actual betrayal is unfolding. But this is 2 Samuel 17, and it sounds so close to this. Now, uh, Ahophophil... I'm probably pronouncing that perfectly. Uh, uh, urged Absalom, let me choose 12,000 men to start out after David. Tonight, tonight, I will catch up with him while he was weary and discouraged. How was Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? Sweating blood. Praying. Before the ultimate crucifixion. I will catch up with him while he is weary and discouraged. He and his troops will panic. What happened to the disciples? They basically panicked. And everyone will run away. Were any of the disciples at the tree? They ran away. And everyone will run away. And then I will kill only the king. And I will bring all the people back to you as a bride returns to her husband. After all, it is only one man's life that you seek. Then you will be at peace with all the people. And this plan seemed good to Absalom and to all the elders of Israel. Now, what does that sound like? That sounds like just the enemy's plan to come after Christ. I'm trying to go after and kill just the king. His troops will be in panic and they will run away. I'll catch him when he's down, when he's weary, and when he's discouraged. Ahophophil betrayed David. Ahophophil had bitterness towards David. Um, Now, the other part is, this is where uh, the story is slightly different. Um, is that Ahophophil had no, or Ahophophil had reason to be bitter at David, but Judas did not have reason to be bitter at Jesus. 
Jesus did nothing wrong. Jesus allowed Judas to sit at his right hand, to sit next to him. It says he's sitting next to him at the table. He's not at the table. He's right next to him. He's, he said, and um, in other ones, it says like he, Judas is the one he loves. Like there's extra favor on Judas specifically. It's like he's one of his best friends out of all of the disciples. That Judas just had this special, wonderful little place in Jesus's heart. And he, he goes, I tell you the truth. One of you will betray me. And he gives him the bread. And of course he eats it. And we see that here, Judas really had no reason to be bitter and betray Jesus. There was no justification for what he did. It was a complete embodiment of Satan, ultimately, as it says, Satan entered into him. But here, hopeful Phil, if you didn't know, is actually the grandfather of Bathsheba. And so in this story, there's bitterness and there's reason. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it that that's what he should have done. Doesn't do anything. If anything, it just gave reason to uh, basically portray a foreshadowing of what would happen to the son of David. That what happened to David is a foreshadowing to the son of David. And so we see these things lining up. We see that there's so much, as we always talk about how the Old Testament foreshadows, points to, and proclaims the New Testament. And here we see even the betrayal of Jesus foreshadowed in King David's life. But here's the other thing. A hope fulfilled? Guess what? Yep. He hung himself too. He hung himself because then he gives Absalom this terrible advice. It wasn't actually terrible. I mean, if you really want to go after somebody, it's not too bad. But uh, Absalom doesn't take it. He listens to uh, a different advisor of his, goes a different direction. A hope fulfilled realizes that he doesn't take his advice. Um, and upsettingly, he kills himself by hanging himself as well. Still foreshadowing what we see in Judas as well. The parallels are crazy. But for us, here we see that the primary reason of Judas doing this was greed. Greed. He he wanted money. They, uh, you know, he was taking a little bit of money off the top, uh, being the treasurer. He ultimately was taken over by greed. But and then we see in Peter that Peter betrays Jesus by denying him three times, and Jesus is foretelling this in this part, and we'll and you re, later read how that happens. But it's self-preservation. It's putting self above anything else. When the chips are down, self-preservation. 
thinking of oneself. And there's a point where, uh, yeah, we can quote unquote, try to justify our actions when uh, the chips are against us and the odds are stacked against us. But there's ultimately a, a level that no matter what the circumstance, sin is sin. Sin is sin, no matter how it's coming against us, because it ultimately shows in both of these situations, you wanting money. And so you take things in your own hands to get it. No matter how it is, your desire for that, your greed for that is overpowering in your ultimate trust in the Lord. And then you also see in self-preservation with, uh, with Peter. When the chips were stacked against you, when basically a little girl is is accusing you of um, being a, a friend of Jesus, as Jesus's um, trial is going on, he's so worried about the worst case scenario that doesn't come true that he's freaking out and he basically denies Jesus three times. So here, for us, it's ultimately saying, don't let situations dictate your actions. Too often in our own society, we're reactionary. We're the ones that are, well, whatever's happening, that's dictating how I'm going to operate. That's going to dictate how I'm operating. So if if my chips are down, if I'm uh, in the hurt box, then that justifies me doing Eh, something a little shady that justifies me doing eh, something a little little self-preservation a little uh eh, uh that justifies me not spending time in my work that justifies me in not coming to church that justifies me in um and doing whatever it is oh, right now i just got to do this and then when i'm in when i'm in a better situation i'll come back to church i'll come back to jesus i'll come back to you know, praising his name, but right now I got to figure this out. No, that's the whole point of this. Is that, guess what? When the chips are down, that's when you press into Jesus. When you're having a hard time, you press into Jesus. You have more faith in him. There's not much faith needed when everything is up and to the right. right? Everything's up and to the right. Look at my hand. I'm praising God. Amen. Let's go. Everything's up and to the right. It's too easy to praise him then. It's not a problem. There's no threat. There's no issue. There's total comfort. We're not in a discomforting situation. I'm in a comfortable space in my life. And so I only come to Jesus when I'm comfortable. But when I need more money or I'm have uh, greed tendencies or I'm sitting around and, and I feel that people are attacking me because I'm a Christian or there's something going on in my life. I'm having an issue. I'm having a problem. That's when real faith is actually shown. That's when real faith comes to the forefront and should be what brings us forward in our lives is that our faith in Christ, that our faith, we go forward with him. And here's the big difference that Judas Iscariot, what does he do when he realizes he messed up? He hangs himself. He says, I quit. 
the the ultimate quiddle, right? That's the ultimate quitting. I'm just going to be honest right now. And trust me, I know that this can be painful if you've dealt with suicide in your life. I've definitely dealt with a suicide in my life. Um, people around me uh, having done it. But ultimately, let's just call a spade a spade. This is the ultimate quit of life of saying I'm ending it. But Peter doesn't do that. Peter goes to the upper room. Peter can, Peter realizes his mistake and goes to the upper room with the rest of the disciples. He presses on with everyone, even in all of his blunder, even in all of his shame, even in all of his issues and problems. When he realizes he was wrong, he still presses in and continues on and becomes a great, great apostle. So you can either quit or you can press on. Are we going to quit today or are we going to press on? Are we going to wallow in our shame? Are we going to wallow in our problems? Are we going to wallow in our failures? Are we going to wallow in that or are we going to press on? Are we going to trust in Jesus? Are we going to say, you know what? I messed up today. Maybe I denied him today. Maybe I didn't press in how I wanted to today. Maybe I need to step back into church because I'm having a hard time. Maybe I need to step back into reading my Bible because I'm having a hard time. Maybe I need to understand what God's wisdom is over the situation instead of what my thoughts of my answers and my ways of doing things, because our ways of doing things add up to greed, add up to self-preservation, add up to selfishness, add up to pointing to only ourselves and hurting others in the way. I don't care who's bloody on the trail. I'm just going to press forward with my way and it gets hurt and it gets ugly. And then we have to deal with the shame. We have to deal with the rejection. We have to deal with the wake and the aftermath of when we do it our way instead of going God's way. Let's press in the way God wants us to. Let's press into what God has for us. Let's press into the way that Jesus is telling us to keep pressing into him. This is the whole point is that when we press into him, he, the relationship even gets deeper. When we come and confess to him, when we come and say, God, I messed up. God, I have a problem. God, I need your help. God, I can't do this alone. God, I have, I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. How should I be focused? Where should I look? Give me answers. Lord, your relationship gets deeper that way. How many of you, when you've gone through hard times with somebody by your side, your relationship with that person gets deeper? It grows stronger. There's a part like, man, me and my boys, we've gone through some stuff. We've gone through war. We've gone through battle. And guess what? That grows stronger. And there's something there that others can't take away because you fortified and you strengthen your relationship through that battle. That's what happens when we come to God. That's what happens when we sit down and we say, Lord, come to me. Help me. I'm believing in you. I'm trusting in your wisdom, not in the way I want to do it. Because the way I want to do it, it comes with knives and comes with ugliness and comes with wanting to uh, cut people and get out of the way and make a bloody mess as I get through the way I want to get through it. I'm just going to tear through life. 
But Lord, I know that that's not right, that that's not the way, that's not showing your light, that's not coming with fresh oil, that's not the best way to handle it, and that's not the best way to present your name, to present your name. Because guess what? When the chips are down and life is hard and you're battling it out, how you do that, how you battle it out, how you resolve, how you get through that. As you profess that you're a Christian, either brings him more glory or tarnishes his name. And so ultimately at that fact, which way are you going? Are you in your actions praising his name and bringing glory to him through your actions? Or are you tarnishing it by saying I'm a Christian, but I'm making a bloody wakey mess by doing it my way? That's the biggest difference here. And see, we look back and we we laugh at Peter's foolishness. We laugh at some of his stuff at, and looking back on Peter's life. But ultimately, we're still saying, look at what God did in Peter's life to make him such an amazing apostle. We still look back and we listen to what Peter has to say in his word and in uh, his letters in here through what God has done in his life, even through the trips and the stumbles and the falls and including the denial itself. And we praise God's name for that. But man, when we look back at Judas, how much grace do we even have there? How much ugliness, how much, like when we think about it, the, the bitterness and the ugliness and, oh, this guy just quit. This guy just said no. This guy just like gave it all up for money. And the, so the point is, is how are people looking at you in the past going, wow, I see that Doug went through a hard time, but he pressed in and look at what God's done in his life. Look at what he's done in Nicole's life. Look at what he's done in Christie's life, even through the trials, even through the mistakes, even through the, the trip ups and the mess ups. Look at what God's done in these people's lives. Still praise God what he can do with a mess. But a mess that has faith in him, but a mess that stays faithful to him, but a mess that keeps coming back to the feet of Jesus and saying, I'm a mess and I trip, but I trip in the way and towards the direction of Jesus's feet. I stumble and fall at the feet of him. I stumble and fall in my life, but I come and I lay down in a posturing of praise and humbleness to God saying, I'm only a man. I'm only a woman, but I need you, God, but I need you. That's what this is all about. 
That's what freedom is all about. That's what all of this is about. Are we going to be Peter today or are we going to be Judas? Are we going to quit or are we going to keep pressing on? Let's keep pressing on. Let's keep pressing in. Let's keep coming to the feet of Jesus. Let's keep, if we stumble, let's stumble towards God. If we fall, let's fall towards God. If we bust our nose, let's bust our nose bleeding at the feet of Jesus. Like, Lord, I'm bleeding for you. I'm stumbling for you. I skin my knee towards you. I am, whatever it is, I am just keep coming towards you as much as I can. Let's grow our relationship. Let's grow our relationship through war. Let's grow our relationship through battle. Let's grow our relationship through failures and through successes. Let's grow in our relationship with God. Don't quit. Don't quit. Even if you have a reason to be bitter, don't quit. Even if you have a reason uh, to be upset, don't quit. Bring those pains and those hurts to God. That's what this is all about. Because we've all done this in some form or fashion. We've all done it. We've all <clears throat> said, God, not right now. I'm going to do what I want to do. And guess what? By doing that, you've denied Jesus too. We've all done it. In some form or fashion, some way or, or another. We've all picked ourselves picked our wants, picked our greed, picked our um, pride, picked our selfishness, picked whatever it is over him at some point in our lives. So the difference maker is, do you quit or you turn back and press on? Let's turn back and press on today because God's arms are open wide for you. God's arms are open wide. He wants to build that relationship with you. So let's build it in war. Let's build it in trial. Let's build it however it needs to be. He wants to be your good, good father. Let's teach. Let's learn. And let's pray. God, we just thank you for your word today. And it just this isn't even them actually betraying you yet, Lord. This is you prophesying that. This is you predicting that and saying that in such uh, a miraculous way. And of course, these two things happen, unfortunately. But Lord, as the, we look at these two, may we learn from not quitting. May we press on. May no matter how hard it gets, no, how, no matter how much um, shame we may feel, how much hurt it may be, how much um, difficulty it is to even face whatever it is that we've gone through in our life, may we face it with you and not alone. May we face it with your love. May we face it with your grace. May we face it with your understanding and your wisdom and your discernment with us. May we face it with your love showering over us, Lord. Give us fresh oil today to continue to move on with you. Lord, may we not quit. May pain and hurt not turn us away, but just bring us closer to sitting at your feet. 
May we just come and confess our sins. May we come and confess our hurts and our pains to you. May you just we just come to you as our father. Because we need fatherly advice. Because we need fatherly love. Because we need fatherly embrace. Because we need you. Lord, we just thank you for all that you have done. We thank you for the testimonies that are on here right now. Um, those that have those stories of pressing on and continuing in your love and in your grace. Lord, may that be an encouragement to those that are right now not knowing how to press on and how to continue. Lord, may we champion each other for you. In your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Love you all. We can't wait to have this weekend um, with every one of you. So come on out. Uh, both locations is doing egg drop and both locations is doing friends and family and baptisms. And so it's going to be a fun filled weekend, no matter where you go um, at, here at Fusion Church. And so uh, we'll see you this weekend. It's going to be amazing. Take care. God bless and see you next time.